1: From the Cycling Independent, this is The Paceline, Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Emlyn Robot Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Um, so, John, maybe we should be honest with everybody and say we're recording this more than a day in advance of the show because uh, we are both going to be traveling soon. Mm-hmm. Upcoming travel. Also, um, you know, always recording the day before the
0: show is supposed to come out is like being on the high wire without a net.
1: Um. <clears throat> well, you know, Cirque du Soleil has those little cables that they attach to the ankle. Sure. I don't know if this is a cable attached to the ankle.
0: I don't know. I don't know what this is, but we're going to do it anyway. I also I just want to. um uh, peek, uh give people a peek behind the curtain so when we record this we're in separate locations obviously and we are uh looking at each other via Skype in this case and before we 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 each record an audio file that gets mixed together by Patrick uh before it sees or hears the here's the light of day I don't know and um <laughs> And so to sync those files up as best we can, we we count down and then clap like you would, you know, before filming a scene with one of those little clapper boards. Right. Yep. And what's amusing about this process is that Patrick is a drummer. He's a drummer from way back. And he's one of those drummers that like played along to a metronome or a click track. You know, his timing Uh is immaculate. And not a single show goes by that we are ca- counting down to our clap. And he's looking at me with my terrible um, bad guitar player timing <laughs> and wondering, what the
1: hell are you doing, John? <clears throat> uh, I've just gotten used to it, in fact. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I bank on it at this point because I will listen to the delay between my clap and yours And I will remember what that interval of time (laughs) is. And I will use that to sync when I actually mix later.
0: Yes, it never doesn't amuse me. But I'm so in my head about it now Mm -hmm. that I'm no longer counting the time like I experience it. I'm actually trying to anticipate your count. I'm like, so it's this weird game theory thing where I'm trying to react to
1: you trying to react to me. Um, Yeah, this should be more Zen mind, you know, just don't think. It's never not funny to me. Anyway. (laughs) It is amusing. All right. Well, we're going to skip all the the other standard banter and jump right into your poll. Let's jump right in.
0: I want to talk about how to get today. I want to talk about getting everyone into the cycling party. Okay. I want to talk about inclusivity. Um. And for some reason, the, the metaphors that always occur to me are getting anyone who's on the bench into the game because mm-hmm. they want to play. And the other one is uh, the velvet rope, like in front of some exclusive club. Mm-hmm. And, and what I want to do is douse the velvet rope with lighter fluid and set fire to it. Both because I want everyone to be able to get into this club, but also because I think that would be really fun. I like that. (sighs) Yeah. Yes. So my view is that to grow cycling, we need to sell cycling to as many people as possible. And there are a lot out there who feel or have been made to feel that riding a bike isn't for them. Mm hmm. A core goal of the cycling independent is to show those folks a version of riding bikes they want to be part of. Mhm. And I can own that while we're we're working on it, we're not there yet. No. 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 And and may never be in a positive way. You right? Like evolve evolve evolve, change change, broaden all those things. Uh in my mind you have to ask When you talk about cycling, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who are the writers and who or what are the top or what are the topics? Do people see themselves on your site? If the answer is no, you've got work to do. And we do. Mm -hmm. Of course, the balancing act is stoking the flames of the folks who are already in the party while also making sure you're letting folks who aren't in yet Letting them know it's a place they can see themselves and feel comfortable. I don't actually think it's that difficult, except that we only put out about ten to twelve pieces of content a week. Mm-hmm. So if all those pieces are by and about middle-aged white guys, which is what you and I are, um, then we're not getting it right. Um, yeah. For a long time, for a long time, we were stuck because we didn't have the subscriber or sponsor revenue to solicit contributors. And we're not asking anyone to work for free. You know, um, I don't think that's that's a um, that's a, a free or fair way to do things. Everyone's got to get paid because we're not asking people to show up for the party and not get to participate. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we took the money we had once Shimano was on board and we brought Julie Snyder and Maureen Gaffney and Fez Aswat into uh, the the pool uh, we've reached out to more people, and I know that we have. We were talking about one just before the we started recording that is potentially exciting. Yep. And so I'm optimistic our roster will grow. Uh, we have a podcast in the works that I'm excited about that will be hosted by a pair of hilarious folks who are neither men nor middle aged, which will be <laughs> which will be refreshing for everyone. Yeah, I'll, I'll oh. even want to listen to that. Oh yes, you will because this show is going to be good. Uh, and of course, in the video content we share, we want to show the bike riding that happens all over the world, not just in Europe or North America. As I said, our, our current palette is fairly limited, but we're trying to use the space and energy we have to paint a broader picture. I brought this up today for a couple of reasons. First, I try not to be a campaigner. Words are easy. Everything I've just said was easy to say. Mm. Actions are what has value. Um... So it's far better to just do these things and let people feel it for themselves than to be kind of ranting and crusading all the time. Mm -hmm. Second, I want people to feel like they understand our project. Mm -hmm. Um, And third, I want to invite people who have contributions to make to do that. Uh, Hit me up, robot at cyclingindependent.com, if you have a story worth telling. I'm here for it. It's worth adding also that, that I don't we don't expect anyone to represent whatever demographic they belong to. That's yeah. not that's not this project. No one has to carry that burden here. What we want is to tell bike riding stories, whatever they are and whomever they come from, because ultimately that's what's
1: inspiring for people. Yeah. Mm mm-hmm. Did I miss anything? no. No, I, I I, don't think you have. I mean, I, what I'll add is that when I began contemplating launching the Cycling Independent, uh, it was for a couple reasons. Uh, one, I wanted something where the brand wasn't essentially interchangeable with me. With Red Kite Prayer, people kind of saw me and Red Kite Prayer as uh, interchangeable, even though there were Contributors like you beyond just me, but it was mostly my voice. I wanted something that wasn't where the brand itself wasn't just me. Uh Cause I, I wanted to be able to step away from that. Also, uh Red Kite Prayer was, you know, it was, it was built on kind of the, the dedicated life roadie. And while I've enjoyed uh, being that demographic and writing to that audience, uh, I've gotten to a place in my life where, yeah, I want to be the Carney Barker out in front of the tent saying, "You, you're going to want to see this. You're going to want to be a part of this show. You, you're going to enjoy yep. this. Come here." Yep. Uh, that's really meaningful to me. I've I've read a couple articles recently that talk about how people will enter, uh, uh, you know, late middle age not quite old age, but as they get into later middle age, something that happens is they begin to want to see their efforts, uh, benefiting a, a, a larger community, benefiting the community at large, as opposed to just what their immediate circle is their desire, uh, to have an impact on the world grows in, um, it, their desire for reach grows. And yeah. I, I look at my situation and yep, that's exactly me. I want to talk to people who are newer to cycling. I want to talk to people who aren't necessarily even cyclists. And so the work that I do away from here is all about e-bikes. And again, being the Carney barker out in front of the tent saying, come here, you want some of this. And I, it's incredibly rewarding for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And I, I wrote something on the site. I don't know, a month ago maybe. Um, I think the piece was called "Shadows of My Former Self." But part of it was that you know, a lot of Red Kite Prayer was an inside. It was an inside job. Uh, yeah, we were it was talking. The to secret handshake. Were, yeah, it was a secret handshake. People already in the in the know and, um, I want to talk to people out of the know now, and I want to ride with people out of the know now, uh, which is something I've been doing quite a bit lately because they have a really valuable, fresh, uh, excitement about bikes that, um, I need. Mm -hmm. So, and I think a lot of our readers need that too. So, so that's it. Um, again, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, get up on a high horse because I I'm short and I don't, it doesn't work that well, but, um, <laughs> this isn't a site about horses either. No, it's not a site about horses either. Uh, but you know, I think it's important people to understand what we're trying to do, where we're trying to go and, uh, the small steps that we are able to make now that we have certainly a growing subscriber base. Thanks everyone. And, um, supportive
1: sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Dynamite stuff. Uh, groovy. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks for doing that. Yeah, sure. It's a it's a conversation I like having. And I like the transparency of sharing this with our audience. You know, where is it we think we're going.
0: And why are we doing it and why should they come along?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, So, yeah. uh, Stay tuned. There will be more voices. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, super exciting for me. And uh, yeah, already. We're going to take a break. And we will be back in just a minute. This
0: podcast is brought to you by Shimano. I remember getting my first real road bike uh, in the middle 90s, and the guy selling it to me uh, his main pitch was that of all the bikes in my price range, this was the only one that had Shimano Ultegra components on it. And it was, I guess I wasn't really, I wasn't a, a heavy I was a bike nerd, but I wasn't a gear guy at that point. And so I was kind of, this was my first introduction to the idea that Ultegra was somehow this gold standard in road components. And I kind of, you know, I, I'm a cynical guy. I'm a skeptical guy. And I, I sort of dismissed that out of hand. And then I rode the other bikes and I was like, oh no, I get exactly what that means. And it, it, it's never stopped meaning that I've had so many Ultegra bikes, uh, uh, since then and it's it really means something over a period of 25 years or, or whatever uh, it's more now it's more like 30 to have made something that is the gold standard um and so that's part of the reason we're proud to have them as a sponsor for the podcast all right we're back with the pace line the podcast on two wheels what have you
1: got for us this week so after my recent vacation uh which ended- uh, what 10 days ago? No, not even six. <sighs> Ugh. Uh, I got to thinking about a conversation I had with the maker of my boys' bikes, Jacob Rubin of Prevello. He's told me on a couple of occasions that he favors full face helmets for kids. Uh, well, when I consider the number of times that Matthew, aka the deuce, uh, went down, uh, when we have been riding. Well, we've been lucky that he's never hit his head or even his face. That kid has an intimate relationship with, as we say, the deck. Um, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: I'm <laughs> laughing at your kid hitting the deck. I,
1: I, I mean, I think I also have mean, an
0: intimate relationship with the deck, but go yeah, on. Yeah, uh, I,
1: you know, I mean, this is this is how things happen. And um you know, the big lesson for me lately is I need him on the bike a lot more to get that muscle memory. So he starts to understand that "Mm, a bike won't turn quite that sharp. Right. Um, But I, I thought, you know, I want to hear more about Jacob's views on the full face helmet thing. uh, Because I was grudgingly starting to think, man, he hasn't lost any skin off of his chin. I wonder how much longer I keep this up. Mm. Uh, And and part of it also was the first time he said it, I'm thinking about like, you know, 60 pound kid, 20 pound helmet. How's that going to be fun? Uh, So I called Jacob Rubin at Prevelo. Jacob Rubin, man, thank you so much for joining us on the pace line. Uh, As a fan of Prevelo bikes, uh, I've certainly talked about your bikes before, but Why don't you give us a a quick little origin story on on your bikes and how you came to be here?
2: Patrick, thanks for having me. Um, So my wife and I started Revelo Bikes. Um, I don't belong in the bicycle industry by education. I actually have a degree in economics and I'm an attorney, Um, so I really have no business doing what I do. But when my oldest son was learning how to ride a bike, um, I saw that there was uh, kind of a a little bit of a a niche that I could carve out Mm -hmm. for making really good, easy to ride kids' bikes. And I uh, told my wife about my idea, and she didn't stop me. So (laughs) now we own a kids' bike company.
1: So... (laughs) Um, let's back up a little bit. How much of a cyclist were you prior to this?
2: Um, I was, uh, I would say a cycling enthusiast, but I've never raced. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, uh, you know, a uh, get together with a group on Saturdays and go for a ride kind of guy. Okay. Um, but when I had kids, I knew I wanted to ride bikes with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, I started my, both my kids on bikes fairly young And I just got kind of lost my mind about it because I was so excited about them riding bikes.
1: I'm in touch. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that uh, has been really interesting about our conversations together is how you will. I don't want to say wax poetic, but you have a real passion, not just for the bikes, but making sure the kids stay safe and Uh, I believe it was at Sea Otter a couple of years ago. Um, you you launched into—I don't want to say it was a rant, but uh, certainly it was an impassioned plea to put full face helmets on kids. And I find that's really interesting because normally people in manufacturing have very, very strong opinions about their own products and are utterly agnostic on everything else unless somebody out there screwed them at some point um, and even that they'll say rather quietly but you are very impassioned about full-face helmets and so I wanted to bring you on the show just to talk about that I mean this is something of a guitar solo go
2: okay so thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about this um, so first of all before I get started I want to Maybe address something that's a little bit awkward, which is that I make kids bikes and I'm sitting here talking about um, something that I think is a big safety improvement for the kids riding experience. And I want to make sure that's not misinterpreted by someone as me saying that kids riding bikes is a dangerous activity. I think it's safer than ever. The bikes are better. The training methods we use are better. Mm -hmm. Parents are attentive. Kids riding bikes has not gotten more dangerous. But I think that we should do everything that we can to make it as safe as possible. Um, when parents ask me what I think are the most important PPE, personal protection equipment uh, items for kids, mm-hmm. tell them three things: closed to shoes gloves because when kids fall they put their hands out Mm -hmm. good helmet and i'm going to add a fourth thing in there which is not really a ppp item but um same category which is an attentive
1: parent (laughs) okay yeah
2: make sure that they know how to ride safely and also do things like make sure that their bike is functional do a safety check before they ride because kids can't always do that for themselves they can't check their brakes and their tires and all that um with helmets I think that full-face helmets are under-prescribed for kids. Um, I think that there is this conception, a misconception, that full-face helmets are for these hardcore expert kids that are doing backflips on their bikes. Mm -hmm. But my observation is that it's the kids that are getting started that are, still honing their skills that are sometimes very, very beginners that are more likely to fall on their face. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
2: when a kid falls on their face, it's like almost guaranteed to be a bad day for that kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It hurts. It's scary. It can do things like knock their teeth out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a really bad crash and a really easy way to, Uh, To avoid that is to put them in a full face helmet. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I also think that there is something to be said about overprotecting kids a little bit with their PPE. Um, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Okay. Um, a story about something that I personally experienced. It's not a dramatic story. Um, I'm also a motorcycle rider. Oh, okay. And, um, I am kind of one of these geeks. I like to take lots, lots of motorcycle riding clinics. Um, I'm trying to hone my skills. I like to be a safe rider. And I was taking a, um, a clinic that was about low speed motorcycle handling skills in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And they required all of us to be in full gear. So that's like a armored jacket, armored pants uh, boots that covered our ankles and our shins gloves and a full face helmet. And we were doing maneuvers in a parking lot um, at about 20 miles an hour, which is basically bicycle speeds. hmm. And one of the students asked the instructor, um, why do we have to be so geared up when we're going 20 miles per hour in a parking lot? And he gave us two reasons. So the first reason is it's just good practice every time you get on a motorcycle to wear all your gear.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: But his other explanation was that it lowers the consequence of falling. And when we lower the consequence of falling, we can push ourselves further And we can become better riders. And I think the same is true for children. Mm -hmm. If we can protect them so that it hurts less when they fall, I think that they are more likely to push themselves just a little bit farther to take on a new obstacle on our our trail, to do something that's a little unfamiliar or a little uncomfortable for them because they know that if they fall, it's less likely to hurt. Um, So I think that that. That is also another good argument for making sure your kids have good PE. And I think, so those are my kind of two big arguments.
1: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I remember last time we were talking, I touched base with you this year's uh, Sea Otter, and you immediately pulled the helmet uh, for one of your sons off of his handlebar. And your whole answer that day was essentially, well, look at where the scrapes are. Yeah. Uh, and the scrapes were pretty much all around the, the chin guard.
2: Correct. <laughs> um, so my kids um, have taken, they, they ride a lot. They push themselves. They've taken some spills. Um, and you can look at their helmet to see where they fall. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are almost no scrapes on the top of the head. Actually, none. Not a single one. They have never fallen on this on, on the top of their head, on the side of their head, on the back of their head. Uh-huh. Their face guards are pretty scratched up. Hmm. Um, so that tells you that um, that kids fall on their face more than they fall on the top of their head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'm going to confess that I'm, I'm not um, a an expert in concussions and brain injuries. And so I suspect that one of the reasons that we emphasize protecting the top of the head is that those types of injuries have the potential to be significantly more dangerous. Yeah. Um, But I think that falling on the face is more common.
1: Right. Right. I totally get that. Well, I mean, yeah, a front tire washes out, you go down, you you know, on, on the way, it tends to be a little mm, Superman ish looking. Uh, So I'm, I'm not surprised at all. One of the things that I remember when helmet debates were raging some years back was that uh, guys who were anti-helmet were saying, well, it just emboldens you to take risks that you would not otherwise take, which I thought was a kind of a straw man argument. My position has all been always been that I'm going to ride how I ride. I'd like to take some amount of precaution so that if something goes wrong um it it doesn't completely end the day for me um i don't see me ever riding a road bike with a full-face helmet but i will admit that when i went down badly in 2012 a full-face helmet would have made a big difference in the length of time that i was at saint john's hospital yeah. uh so now i'm curious you've got really strong opinions about having full face helmets. Uh, One of the things that I think about is like putting something that's 20 pounds on an 80 pound kid. Uh, Are there particular full face helmets that you would steer people either toward or away from?
2: Yeah, uh, good question. So um, first of all, I'm not advocating for kids wearing full face helmets 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. My kids, when they ride their bikes to school, don't wear full face helmets. Um, because my kids are at a stage where when they ride their bikes to school, they're really unlikely to fall on their face.
1: They're not hot dogging.
2: Yeah. But when we go to the downhill park, um, the pump track, really anytime where I feel like they're pushing their limits, Uh I ask them to put a full face helmet on. Um, in terms of, um, which full face helmet to select, um, I'm not here to advocate for any particular brand. Um, But there is one on the market that I'm just going to call out because I think it's a good design for kids. Bell makes one called the Sanction. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I like it is it's inexpensive. Lightweight and it has a nice, easy to use buckle for kids. Um, The downsides to it is that it's, it's actually not a really robust helmet. If you hold it in your hand, it kind of feels a little bit flimsy. Um, but when you're talking about really young children, I don't know that they need a heavy ASTM rated helmet. They mm-hmm. need something that they, their children, they take fairly lightweight spills. Um, and I think a lightweight helmet is good for those, uh, those kinds of riders. If your kid is one of those backflip kids, then maybe you need a more robust helmet.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I can see handing one of my sons a helmet that has some real heft to it and them looking down at it in their hands and saying, yeah, I'm just going to play video games. I could see that being a real point of opposition, you know, so and and then there's just the fact that it probably isn't a whole lot of fun uh, to have something that, you know, weighs, uh, you know, 15 or 20 percent of your body weight. Uh yanking your head around every time you make some sort of move. Um I don't know. When
2: my kids <laughs> got their full face helmet, first full face helmets, they thought they were the coolest thing in the world.
1: Uh, okay. Right. Okay.
2: So um I think I don't think that kids universally dislike full face helmets. Actually, I think most kids think they're cool and fun to wear and make them feel like they're racers.
1: Okay. Okay. Very cool. Wow. Um, Well, you've given me a lot to chew on personally, and hopefully our listeners as well. Uh, Looks like I might be going on Bell's website today. (laughs) (laughs) So very cool. Jacob, thanks so much. uh, And I look forward to more good things from Prevelo.
2: Fantastic. Patrick, thank you so much for having me and for giving me the opportunity to talk about this.
1: Happy to, man. Happy to. Again, that was Jacob Rubin of Prevelo Cycles. Uh, John, I'm curious. Did you have the same feeling I did to what he said, uh, which was, geez, I've been looking at this all wrong? Um. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, we have this growing, uh, growing awareness of con- of uh, concussions and mm-hmm. uh the long-term damage they can, they can, um, have. And I, th- you know, when I think about my head injuries, they, s- I don't, I haven't had any serious ones touch wood, uh, as an adult, but as a kid, I had a few and I think, you know, you kind of like come into adulthood maybe behind the curve. If you've already, if you've already, um, injured your brain a few times as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the funny things to me, was, yeah, I was thinking all about the, the TBI issue, the concussion question. Um, and you know, he surprised me by, you know, his, his statement that, you know, actually it's much more about, you know, the, the teeth, the lips, the, the chin, uh, and you know, as he, as he said to me, you know, no scratches on top of the helmet, uh, I I definitely wasn't thinking oh kids will dig the full face thing they'll think that's cool. Right. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Um I'm just going to go ahead and say uh that a future pick is going to be uh the bell helmet that he recommended the sanction because Well, after we get off the phone, I went to Bell's website and the sanction is currently uh, on sale. I forget if it's 20 or 25 percent off. And I ordered two. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's good to love your kids. Good to take care of them. You know, um, I'm thinking I'll be in much better graces with my parents, if their grandchildren aren't getting new teeth that weren't growing up out of their jaw,
0: <laughs> I, you know, oh, I, grandparents, they always carry care about the cosmetics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and you know, frankly, the boys are at a point where they really are starting to, uh, enjoy cycling more. And so doing little things like this. Yeah. Uh, if other kids are going, ooh, full face helmet, cool. Pfft, well, my boys are a lot like other little boys. Yeah. So, yeah, I,
0: you know yeah. what I'm going to say about that. Uh, no, actually, I don't, which is why I I'm want going to say, say it. I'm going to say, ride the lightning. You know, if, they, if they're into it, <laughs> if they're into it, put those things on their heads and uh, get going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see this uh, this sanction when it arrives. I hope that I got the boys the correct colors because they're going to be presents. Um uh, yeah. And they're two different sizes, so they can't just swap. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. We will my, see how my that advice,
0: goes. My advice for you, uh, I have kids and I have bought them things, different colors, have a reason. When they open them, if they have a question, why did you get me the green one? Well, uh-huh. it's because, you know, whatever the reason is. Uh, okay yep
1: yeah yep um yeah i i'm gonna have to work on that because right now uh i i looked at the three colors available and i said nobody's gonna want the gray and so i went with the teal and the red and Mm. yeah i don't uh, you know why red (laughs) because it wasn't gray Uh, (laughs) and i got your brother the teal why did i get your brother the teal good question
0: Teal's, teal's the hot color right now. All the
1: pros are wearing teal. That's
0: not true, but that is what I would say to a small child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just ordered teal towels, so there's that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't, I suspect I'm not going to be able to use that in any magic way. Um, but, you know, I, I, I got I, you I, a towel. I got you a helmet to match our new towels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I I I really I enjoyed talking to, uh, to Jacob because, as I noted, you don't ever talk to manufacturers who are busy advocating somebody else's stuff. Sure, you'll find somebody specialized who's really excited about what, you know, SRAM is up to. That's one thing. But, you know, a maker of kids bikes who's excited about a particular style of helmet, it's like. Yeah, I want that conversation. I want to hear more about that. Right. Um, but yeah, when I was when I was at Sea Otter, he pulled his eldest's helmet off the handlebar of his bike and showed me. And yep, lots and lots of scuffs on the chin guard and not on top of the helmet. Yeah.
0: So, well, it's good to talk to someone who's thinking about kids and kids cycling more deeply than we are. Uh uh-huh. hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone should be doing that because it's important. Speaking of getting more people into the party.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very cool. Yeah. All Uh Well, let's move on to Pace Line Picks.
0: Uh, this week I'm picking the Shimano SLX mountain bike group. Um, Sh- Shimano, I-, I like to, you know, I like to put out the, uh, the caveats. Shimano North America is one of our key sponsors. So let's acknowledge that. But as with all the products I bring up, I'm only bringing up things I really like because otherwise what's the point? I don't want to keep secrets, uh, mm-hmm. just because Shimano might be sponsoring us. So uh, I'm excited. I got, um, I got SLX on my new I- Ibis Ripley because frankly, it's what I had the money for. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I thought it's worth saying. Also, I did pay for this stuff. Uh, I thought, well, this is a stopgap. I'll upgrade to Di2 next season because I love uh, Di2 for off-road riding. Um, And I also just thought, you know, once you go go electronic, you can't really go back. Um, (laughs) But but I was wrong. I was wrong. Happily wrong. Uh, The SLX group I have is amazing. Uh, it's maybe not quite di too fast, but it's working really well. I find right. it plenty responsive. Uh, and I expected cable stretch and other factors to kind of put it out of whack in short order because I ride pretty hard and I shift <laughs> under load quite a bit. Uh, but it's been rock solid. I, I love this stuff. So I'm picking it this week and I'm gonna just say if you're building up a new mountain bike and you're puzzling over to where where to put your precious dollars, a mechanical Shimano SLX group is not the worst idea by a long stretch. See what I did there? I'm glad I chose it, and I foresee being happy to ride it for some
1: time. I, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Uh, last year, gosh, I think it was last year. Uh, I, 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 pl- I played pandemic brain. Uh, my sense of time is all off. But relatively recently, I reviewed uh, Shimano's 12-speed Diori group, which yeah. is a rung down the ladder from there. And given what that stuff retails for, I could not possibly have been more impressed with that group. It was absolutely remarkable. Loved it. I knew that it wasn't going to last forever, but good Lord, it works well. Um yeah, yeah, my my dumb
0: assumption was that once um, the the component manufacturers had gotten on to electronic, there wasn't going to be incremental improvement in mechanical like they would just say, oh, that's, you know, vestigial. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> let it wither and drop away eventually. But I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, this this stuff has been pretty revelatory. It is not at all the mechanical shifting experience I anticipated and so i i ride a one by which helps things right because there's not uh it simplifies things and it it, uh but the speed of shifting uh and the accuracy and consistency is so good yeah
1: so good yeah and and the, the brakes are incredible plenty powerful yeah yep. one of the things that used to be a real problem that plagued shimano's uh groups was that as you went down in price point braking performance dropped and it mm. was something that SRAM thumbed their nose at it's like mm. well maybe brakes should get heavier but they shouldn't stop less well because you didn't spend as much money yeah. uh and i i am very much with sram on that and fortunately uh shimano has come around to a great degree uh their less expensive hydraulic discs stop mm. just fine yeah. um I haven't ridden the SLX group, but I'm going to get to uh, in fairly short order. Um, uh, I'll talk about that in a future show, but I am I'm very excited to have a chance to ride the SLX now that I've spent time on Diore. I am. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'd love to to hear
0: what you think, because I have I have been impressed. And, you know, this new bike is a lot of change for me. Uh, I'm learning a (laughs) lot of I'm learning a lot of yes (laughs) Uh, I'm learning a lot of things which is super nice Uh, I the the shifting though has been not an issue like how I manage the bike and the speed uh, uh, and the torque and all of that has been a non-issue it's it's out of the way so I've been very pleasantly uh, surprised
1: (laughs) cool My pick uh, may seem a little bit gratuitous, uh, (laughs) uh, but I'm going with one of Prevelo's bikes. Uh, There's a good reason why. Uh, So there are an awful lot of 20 inch wheel bikes out there, you know, mostly of the BMX uh, flavor, uh, but some of them are what we would refer to as mountain bikes. But here's the thing. Very few inch 20, very few 20 inch wheel bikes are anything like what you or I would consider to be an actual mountain bike as opposed to a mountain bike shaped object. Mm. Um, that's where the Prevelo Zulu 3 is really different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a hard tail aluminum uh, frame with an air oil suspension fork. Uh, I should have gone and looked up what the travel is. It's like 50 millimeters or something. It's short, but Mm. I mean, you're dealing with 20 inch wheels. Mm. Uh, you're not going to want 160 millimeters of travel. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I don't think, uh, don't ask my sons. They'll say, yes,
0: I would like to ride that bike, but go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have, um, yes. Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, Top to bottom, this is a mountain bike, so it's an air oil suspension fork, hydraulic disc brakes, uh, and a 10 speed drivetrain, not to mention knobby two inch wide tires. Uh, okay. This is a $1,000 hard tail, uh, that any user thereof will outgrow in two to three years. Uh, maybe not even three years, but yeah, uh, it won't take long. Uh, But given what I'm about to sell ours for, uh, I think it's a it's a good investment. Um, You know, I'm going to get a lot of money back out of this that I'm going to put into the next bike.
0: Yeah, I see that a lot with my kids bikes like you can you what you spend, you'll get. I mean, I've gotten 50 percent back, Mm -hmm. uh, which has made everything, I think, a good value.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime I don't have to invest the whole of a new bike cost into a new bike for the boys, Mm. um, you know, by selling something old, that's (laughs) that makes this much less painful. Right. Um, You know, here's the thing. None of what I've said about this bike is really the bottom line. The bottom line is anyone who wonders about the wisdom of a guy advocating full face helmets for kids need only look at how intelligent this bike is to weigh whether or not he's worth listening to. I submit that there's not a better 20 inch wheel mountain bike on the market. And if that guy is doing that, it's probably worth listening to him about full face helmets.
0: Yeah, I mean, as I said before, anyone who's thinking this hard about um, kids, kids having successful riding experiences, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to listen to uh, because, you know, it, it's not a mystery that uh, banks clamor to get 16 to 18 year olds to sign up for their first checking accounts at their banks because they know they're going to have a, a customer for life then. Um yeah. And yeah. it's sort of the same thing with cycling. Like if you get to be 18 years old and you're not already a bike rider, the barrier to entry gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So the more kids we can get on bikes that are fun to ride uh, and, you know, the more of them we can get through learning how to ride with all their teeth, probably the better off the whole thing is.
1: Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, Yeah. It's something i'm aware of that has not appeared on their website uh and hopefully i'm not spilling the beans in a way i shouldn't be but uh when when Prevelo first came out you know they were like uh 12 inch 16 inch and 20 inch wheel bikes and then 2 years ago 3 years ago they began offering a 24 inch wheel bike why because their target demographic was growing up this winter, they will begin offering 26 inch wheel mountain bikes for little mm. rippers, uh, nice. growing rippers, expanding rippers, growing rippers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, snappers of whippers. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what he does there. Uh, yeah. Oh, one other thing I should mention, you know, he uses proportionally sized cranks. He has managed to find somebody yeah. who will do the tooling for a properly sized crank for a 20 inch wheel mountain bike. Yeah. 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 So, again,
0: I think it's about giving the kids a really good experience. We've we've ranted, I think, in the past about a lot of kids' bikes weighing more or less what our bikes weigh uh, while our kids weigh a third thereof.
1: <laughs> uh, well, in fact, a lot of times the bikes are even heavier. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I, I yeah, I've got I've got a road bike downstairs, 24 inch wheels that. Uh Philip is not interested in riding because it's heavy and he doesn't like the position and blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, so you know, it's it's easy to pull a lose out of cycling with kids. Well, I
0: think it is I think it is now. A lot of the riding has become more technical, more complicated. I mean, when we were kids, we would throw our leg over anything and jump it. You know, like if you've oh, ever jumped duh. a bike with a banana seat and ape hangers. <laughs> I think you're, barefoot. your mind, your mind is all the way open.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, anyone who's willing to get airborne on a bicycle barefoot yes. probably isn't really working through, uh, you know, too many moves down the chessboard. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Which so. is
0: a long way of saying, ah, the kids these days. But, you
1: know, we got to <laughs> love them and take care of them. So, yes, uh, I want them to stay on my lawn. All righty. Well, a little shorter than usual, but that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Uh, So, John, we should assume that you're busy having fun in Wales right now. Yeah. With any luck, but when people
0: are listening to this, I am on a mountain bike uh, in the best place, in my opinion, on the earth to ride a mountain bike. Um, So... Don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm having a good
1: time. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, as this is being listened to by some folks, I think I'll be on the surface of the sun or actually Southern Utah, same diff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'll be, I'll be meeting, uh, my employers and colleagues, uh, for the first time. Uh, well, no, I've met one of them already, but. Do you want to tell people who these people are? Uh, it's called electric bike report and also best electric bikes. Uh, there's a parent company that they've never heard of, but those are the two sites that my work is appearing at. Um, and, uh, you know, they are sites mostly aimed at people who have not traditionally been cyclists and are buying their first e-bike or maybe their second. Um, so it's, it's aimed at a fairly entry-level audience and I could not be more thrilled to be writing uh to this audience. Uh it's a challenge. It's a challenge uh right. I got to drop all the jargon um and uh yeah, I got to think like I did when I was 14 or something.
0: That sounds difficult. <laughs> this also your work there also explains uh to some uh degree why people are seeing your work less on the cycling independent.
1: Yeah, uh They're taking good care of me, but uh, my uh, I I am I am I'm drinking from a fire hose. uh, Yes. Or maybe I'm handling a fire hose. Uh, It's uh, it is quite the pace. um, And as I get more accustomed to it, I'm able to do more stuff for us. Uh, But it is having to come in the margins of my day.
0: Yeah, we're getting there. Like they said on uh, Family Ties, there ain't no nothing we can't love each other through.
1: Well, yeah, and on that note, uh, with the reference to a TV show that I don't think I ever watched, maybe. Uh, well, I, yeah, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna stop making any claims now. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for uh, one of TCI's other podcasts, Revolting which is a cycling podcast that is not really about cycling with John and Steve Knievel of all hail, the black market. Uh, We're hoping that you like it. And if you do please subscribe on iTunes or stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And if we aren't listed in a place, you'd like to get podcasts, let us know where you'd like us to appear. uh, And uh, we will begin putting in those requests. Send us some suggestions. Uh, We love questions. If you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. Uh, And if you want to quote Monty Python and ask us about the airspeed of a swallow, we're good with that, too. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes it easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis Thanks for listening to The Paceline.